Welcome back to another episode of Stupid Money uh, presented by the 610 Podcast Network. I am your co-host CJ Donifrey alongside Billy Bruno. Um, yeah, so the Phillies did not make the playoffs. Uh, they, the season was in their hands. They could not clutch it out. Um, disappointing to say the least, Billy. Very. I mean, it's quite simply embarrassing. They needed to go two and six in their last eight games to make the playoffs, and they could not do that. It's uh, the most frustrating thing when I see that stat that they led in 49 of their 60 games. I think that's the most absurd stat ever. Like, absolutely crazy. We ended up winning 28, it was? 28? I believe so, yes. 28 and 32. So even if you had a regularly below average bullpen and you – so you led 49, you won 28. So that's – what's the math on that? 21 games that you kind of gave up? Yeah, 21 games that you should have won. Even if you had a below-average bullpen and you win five, and, you, and it's and – it's, you're, what, 33? Yeah, and that just shows that like, it's not the offense's fault. The offense was there. I mean, the starting pitching – was there. It was what we needed it to be. It was the bullpen. I mean, that just clearly points to the bullpen, which is what we knew the entire year. So rather than completely beating a dead horse, I feel like the last couple episodes we've done, we've been ripping into, you know, how they were playing and what they were doing, and specifically the bullpen. Um, And I'm kind of over it now. It's just, I'm, I'm like numb to it. It's like a weird feeling. Like I'm, not any more disappointed than I have been. It's just like, I'm like, whatever. Like, I'm numb. Like, that's a good, like, I'm just numb to the disappointment. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way just because we're so used to it. I mean, the Phillies Um, now have the second longest playoff drought in baseball. mm -hmm. So we're we're very used to disappointment. And this was a season where we actually had, you know, some high hopes of making the playoffs, especially with the expanded playoffs. So at first, to me, it hurt a little bit more. But at the end of the day, you know, this has been our our lives for the last nine years. So, I mean, it's nothing new for us. I'm hoping – I mean, you would have to imagine this has to be the last year that you don't make the playoffs. Hopefully you – you have to think so, right? I don't know about that. I mean, if you're going to go back to the uh, like the same format of the playoffs for last year, where five teams make it, mm-hmm. how can you say that you justify us being in the top five in the beginning of the season? I mean, the way I see it, we are going to be screwed one way or the other. We are either going to pay JT a ton of money, a ton of money, and not have money to allocate elsewhere to the bullpen, which we desperately need to upgrade. Or we're going to lose out on JT, and Andrew Knapp is going to be our starting catcher. I real I'm really starting to believe that they're not going to resign him. Um, at, at a certain point, and I really hate to say this, there has to be a level where JT's like, "I'm accepting this," 
like I won't accept anything higher than this. But the Phillies have to have a level where like, all right, we're not going higher than this. Because yep. there's so many glaring holes. I mean, it's in our roster, I mean, especially on the pitching side, where you can't just give away the entire future of fixing that. So JT, as good as he is, I mean, you just can't do that with the state of the team right now. You know, I completely agree. Um, it is really disappointing. And, and having given up six though really hurts. And it, it makes it hurt even more. But if you really look at, I know that the Phillies, Phillies prospects really aren't that great, but there are two quality catching prospects in Raphael Marchand, who got called up in the end of the season. He's, I'm pretty sure he's younger than us. Um, shows some promise. And then also I heard a little bit of hype about guy of last name of Ohoop, or I think it's Ohoop. Um, but I agree. Like there has to be a number. I do really think he is going to get a bag somewhere. Some team, I know watching the game today, uh, the Reds, you know, up and coming team, some young studs. He fits perfectly. Um, Mets, I feel like, are just going to go after him with new ownership. Um, and I feel like there has to be a number that you just walk away from, especially considering there's holes that hurt you tremendously, specifically the bullpen, that you need to, you need to fix. You know? I mean, what's the limit for you? Like, how high would you go to pay him on an annual basis? <sighs> So before the season, there was rumors he would he would command what it was fifteen. Oh, I saw that he wanted the highest average annual value for a catcher in league history, which would have beaten Mowers, and I think Mauer had like twenty something. Yeah, like is he so, twenty point something or twenty one point something? Yeah, so I. Before the season, I was confident they could get him between like 17 and 19. They could talk him down. I really did think so. And I would have done that. However, I would have done it too. Now, I think he's going to command 25 plus, maybe approaching 30. And as much as I love JT, he's the best catcher in baseball. There's just no denying that. I would not pay 25 to $30 million for him. When we have mm-hmm. so many holes on our roster, I just wouldn't do it. Especially with – so, okay, he's a catcher now. He's the best catcher in baseball. If you're a team that projects him as, you know, he'll play catcher for like three, four more years and then protect, to protect your asset, move him the first, he's a guy that could be in that type of situation. Phillies are blocked with that move. Phillies really need him to catch – all that year, all those years, because you got Hoskins. Yes, even though if if Hoskins isn't in the future plans, ideally, a lot of people think you want to move Bohm there, Bohm to first eventually. Um, so it doesn't really make sense in that aspect. I feel like some teams could justify that massive number by moving a Posey and Mauer Mauer type move to first. And to be honest right now, who would you, who's bat would you rather have in the lineup, JT or Bones? For me, Honestly, it's Bo- yeah. for, for me, it's Bone. The man the, batted the, like 338 in his first year, and he's 
going to generate power as he gets older and build puts more muscle on. He batted really, for a much higher average. I really think the upside of Bohm is ridiculous. Um, I see him maybe like the upside with him is a kind of less powerful Chris Bryant. You'd hope that the power develops because he is a big dude, and I really do think it will. Um, but just his bat skills. His, he needs very, some muscle mass. Yeah. That lanky, his bat skills are unparalleled. He puts the ball in play. He can hit any pitch. He can hit it anywhere. It's pretty crazy to see a guy come up, you know, and have the impact that he did right away. Oh, I totally agree, which is why, to your point, JT probably won't be playing catcher for the entirety of his new contract that he's going to sign. So they're going to move him to first. And, I mean, there's a very good possibility that Bohm is the first baseman of the future. So it's another reason why you don't shell out 25 to $30 million for him. If they could bring him down to somewhere closer to 20, then I say you go for it. I think he's worth 20, 21, maybe 22. I would not go 25. It's going to be a really interesting offseason starting within the week because there are rumors that Clintech, there's a couple rumors that say Clintech's as good as gone. There's a couple rumors that are still be that say they're still deciding. And then there's a couple rumors saying he's staying. Um, whenever that decision is made, I feel like that's when the offseason really starts because I don't know if you saw or heard um, Bryce Harper's kind of exit interview after, after the loss. He, I mean, he was cut and dry. I mean, he was like, we need to be better. When asked about Klentak, he basically gave a big F you to Klentak. He was like, I'm just happy I don't have to make that decision. Um, and I feel like I'm worried that he's not going to be happy. And, you know, I really don't want Bryce to be unhappy. Well, I know JT's one of his best friends on the team. Mm-hmm. But you know what? At the end of the day, you have to make decisions that are best for the team. You can't shoot yourselves in the foot. I mean, yeah, you can keep Bryce happy, but Bryce isn't going to be happy when we have the same bullpen that we have next year and we're blowing leads like we were this season. And 162 games of that is a lot tougher to deal with than just 60. Yeah, could you imagine having to deal with this bullpen for a 162? Oh, it would be awful. So Bryce has to look at – like he's going to understand the decision, I feel like. Um, and he yeah, said that feel- there's going to be ups and downs in his 13 years when he signed here. He understood that. Hopefully, those just weren't him saying that. Um, there's going to be some decisions in the next 11 years that the Phillies make that he's going to disagree with. And this is this is probably going to be one of them because it's looking less and less likely that we do what he wants. I do feel I agree with your point that I do feel like he will understand. I mean, he's not an unreasonable person. Um, and he's a very intelligent guy. He probably has a solid understanding of, you know, money and, and salaries. Um, but so let's say they don't, uh, they do not resign JT. Arietta off the books. See ya. Finally. What is, what's your first move? Are, are you signing, resigning DD? That's a big issue for me. 
because he played very, very well. And I would have to – and I don't think he wants another short-term deal, to be honest. I want it after he played the way he played on a one-year deal. I would be looking for some more security. And I would not lock him into a long-term deal with the draft picks that they made. They drafted some yep. middle of the infielders that you would think that they want to bring up, not next year, maybe not even the year after that, but they're definitely in the plan for the future. So I would not lock him into a five-year deal. If we could get him to a short-term deal, I'll be more than happy to sign him. But we still have Segura, who can play shortstop if we can't re-sign him, so I wouldn't spend a ton of money to just try and save that. Um, I think either Segura or Didi has to go money-wise. Mm-hmm. So they either they sign Didi and trade Segura, who, to be honest, it's underperformed in his two years here from what the, for the player that we thought we were getting. Yeah, very true. Um, so you're looking at, in my mind, Reese, Bohm are locks to start the season, and then one of Didi or Segura. And you got to figure out what you're doing with Kingery. Is he going to play? Is he going to be able to bat above 200? Or are you going to trade him? Because I just think there's too much money in the infield spot if you're keeping Segura and Didi. Very true. And, and I'm, I'm looking at uh, the projected 2021 MLB free agent uh, relievers. And if I'm being completely honest, not too many names uh, jump out at me. Um, I feel like just every free agent class for relievers are just like filled with those 30-year-old to like 33-year-old kind of like journeymen that you're like, oh, I, I recognize him. But um, I've seen Trevor May's name being connected. I've seen Keona Kella, who I'm all – I would love that. And I just feel like your first move as a franchise, you just need to just pound, you know, those relievers that will cost you in between $2 million and $6 million. You need just not even necessarily one stud. I mean, the biggest name I'm seeing is probably uh, – see, I don't, I don't even know. Like Alex Colomb, maybe? Um, he, I mean, he made the most last year. He made $10 million. Like, I don't even think you need one stud guy. You just need to fill out quality guys. Uh, see, I feel like we would need a stud guy at the end of the game. Because Hector looks shaky at times, and he's going to be the best returning reliever. I still want him on my squad, and I think he has one more year of team control. But I read that they would possibly not pick up the option and try and sign him to a two-year deal with a lower annual value. Um, So we'll Mm -hmm. see if they do that. But besides Hector, like who from this team is a lock to make the bullpen next year? I'm thinking of it. One person, and that's Connor Brogdon. That's what I was about to say. I really liked what I saw out of him in the last couple weeks. And there's going to be some people that are were in the bullpen this year that are going to make the team next year. Because um, it just it's unplausible to think that you're going to have a total overhaul. Like Adam Morgan's probably still going to find a way onto the roster. JoJo yeah. could find a way onto the roster. They could re-sign Tommy Hunter. They could re-sign Blake Parker. Um, Jose Alvarez coming back from getting, you know, nailed 
in the groin area. I mean, he's yeah. he's decent when he's in there. It's just not his fault that he wasn't able to be on the mound. Yeah, I mean, I I really do think, other than Naris, it's going to be Connor Brogdon. I mean, Brogdon's definitely not the stereotypical Phillies reliever. I mean, he's tall. He throws, throws hard. I see a lot of potential out of him. And then that maybe, I mean, Jojo Romero, hopefully he turns out to some, with something. But other than that, you just need to – I think you need to fill, fill, fill with quality guys. Um, I mean, a stud guy won't, wouldn't hurt, obviously. Um, maybe through trades, figure it out. Um, and I don't know. Like, I really don't know what, what the move is. Um, I guess it will become more apparent when we know for sure – who the GM is going to be, whether that's Clintech or whoever they um, agree with. And that we could do some research on the, on the GM, what, what he likes to do. Um, because who knows if the GM comes in and he wants to kind of like clean shop, you know, clean shop, Segur out, don't re-sign DD, don't sign JT, you know, maybe ship Hoskins away. Who knows? Like, really, this offseason is really is a crossroads for this franchise. I do not think they shop Segura and refuse to sign Didi because then you're just left with a gaping hole. I mean, I don't, I also don't think you can go into next season with plan A being Scott Kingery is a starter. Mm -hmm. He just has not proven he can do that. I mean, I don't. I guess you got to keep him unless someone really wants him and you trade him for something good. Um, but who would want him? I mean, he didn't look. I feel like, I do feel like um, Kingry does hold some trade value because he does have that friendly contract. And I don't know, he could be the type of guy that a change of scenery is good for him. You know, you know, the typical out of Philly and you do better. And I like Kingry. I really thought he was going to be good. I think he was a nice fundamental player. Um, but I'm looking at him and like they wanted him to be the starter this year. That didn't work. So why should we, we try that again next year? And I'm mm -hmm. also looking at the outfield and I see a log jam. I see Bryce Harper planted in right field. And I see McCutcheon, who is very, very average, maybe below average this season. And I see a question in center field. I mean, I want Hazley to play more, and I want Roman Quinn off the bench um, just for pinch running aspects. But in a, ideally, I want Moniak to play. I don't really want Moniak to sit the bench or be in AAA next year. And I think mm -hmm. McCutcheon's blocking him. So I think you have a problem there. And to be quite honest, I want them to bring Odubel Herrera up onto the roster because they're still paying him. I wanted them to cut him last year just because I don't for what he did I don't think he deserves to be getting paid but since we are playing him like get some value out of him in my mind I uh, I mean I'm not sure if I would necessarily agree with bringing up Odubel Herrera I think I would probably just keep him down and 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 eat up that money um but I, it's it's hard because I, I do agree that I want to see Moniac play. However, is he the best option? Do, he might hold some trade value. I mean, who knows? 
Um, we know he has some raw talent, hence the number one overall pick. Hasn't worked out here. Um, I don't want to trade him. The kid's 22 years old. 20, I'm, I'm with 22 you. years old, and I didn't think he looked overmatched at all when he was up there. Now, granted, he didn't hit for any power in his limited at-bats, but the kid looked like he had an approach to the plate. I agree. I would Personally, I would hold on to him. The question is, I don't really know if his, his timeline really lines up with our timeline because hypothetically, ideally, we would compete next year and then the following four years, depending on the soft season. Um, I do think he does need couple more years of work down in the minors but who knows and I mean if we could get trade value for a major league piece for a relief pitcher I think I do that because I think you can you can fill I mean you're definitely stuck with McCutcheon one more year because I don't think a trade is even an option I don't think anybody would would want um that contract um, you still got Hazley. You still got. You have to imagine the Phillies are going to stick with the Quinn experiment. Um, well, I think yeah, he's like, going to be on the roster just because his contract is definitely so cheap and he's so fast. I don't yeah. know if he's going to start, but I think he's great to come off the bench and be a pinch runner. Which is honestly, I mean, he's not an everyday player. He shows that. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's just a spark whenever he comes in. And you use that as a pinch runner. So, like, say McCutcheon gets on base in the, late in the game. That, that's when you throw Roman Quinn in. That's when you use him. So, other than those small talking points that are going to be topics throughout the offseason, which I'm sure we'll hit on, um, as more clarity arises, um, do you have anything else to, else to say? I mean – we could t- talk about free agents, but that's really far away. I mean, the MLB playoffs are going on right now. The Phillies should be playing today, um, but they're not. I'm going to just say two low-risk, high-reward contracts that I want them to do this free agency. I want to bring back David uh-huh. Robertson. On okay. a very, very cheap deal, on a one-year private deal. See if he okay. has anything left. And I want to do the same thing with Cole Hamels. I know he pitched Ooh. one game this year. And okay. he's not going to be able to command the amount of money that he got. We're going to need a fifth starter. Give him a one-year private deal. Very, very cheap. Okay. There you go. I would be 100% for David Robinson, Robertson because I do feel like he's going to command absolutely nothing because of you know what happened after kind of getting a big deal with the Phillies how many innings did we get from him uh was it like 10 yeah I I want to say it was like 10 innings something yeah which is absolutely ridiculous um I actually I think that's very possible speak like right when he went on the injured list the first time I was at the game um it was one of those college nights and he was saying how he would only be out for a couple weeks. Little did I know that, you know, 1.9 years later, yep. he still has not thrown another inning in a Phillies uniform. 
you would be an upperclassman in college. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, the MLB playoffs are going, going on right now. I personally have the Rays taking it all. I have a Rays-Padres World Series. Okay, I can see that. I would be fine with the Rays winning, honestly. I don't Me really too. care who wins as long as it's not the Braves, the Marlins, or the Yankees. I agree. I, gosh, I really hope the Yankees don't win. I don't think they will. No, I don't think they will either. I hope they make it to the ALCS like they usually do and lose. And lose in a heartbreaking fashion. I would yes. love that. It would actually be great if they lost to the Astros. Oh, my gosh, please. I would absolutely that would love that. I would, I would find that it. so hilarious, but it's 2020. That wouldn't happen. That yeah. would not happen. Oh, I actually – I think we got a good title for the episode. And it comes, comes from the debate last night. Nothing good happens in Philadelphia. Nothing good happens in Philadelphia. That's very true. I should have started off the podcast like that because nothing good happens. Yeah, I just thought you of know? it. Nothing and it's really not, and it's really not looking good either. No. Uh, past, past, present, future. Per- the Phillies are a perfect example of that. Nothing yep. good happens. And you it's, know what? Uh, I can just see the Phillies saying that they're going to keep Matt Klintak, and then there's just going to be all these tweets saying nothing good happens in Philadelphia. Yep. You know, I know you're very bullish on Klintak, more so than than most people. What are your thoughts on Middleton's sole reason of keeping Klentak would be the $6 million Klentak is owed? Because that that's a rumor circulating on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen. I have seen that. And to be quite honest, I think that would be such a bullshit reason to keep him, especially when Middleton is quoted as saying he wants to spend stupid money. Um. Mm-hmm. You just got to stop being cheap at a point um, for certain things. And the dude has had enough of a chance to get us to the playoffs. You got to get rid of him, get someone new. There's someone better out there. So if they really just want to save $6 million, all right, fine. We're not going to make the playoffs again next year. Sell the team, dude. If you want to save $6 million when there's better options, sell the team. You know what? I guarantee that the team has made so much money off Bryce Harper merchandise in the last two years that they can afford to eat up $6 million in the Matt Klentak contract. Yes, 100%. And uh, that's the most frustrating thing. It would be one thing if if there wasn't better options or, you know – but I know there are better options. And there are. It's the same reason with firing Kapler, in my mind. There was a better option. There yeah. are better options to replace Klentak with. But the, the $6 million, I get hung up on that because I feel like Middleton is not fit to run a team, not fit to own a team. He is, even as wealthy as he is, he's, he, he, he likes to pinch pennies. He likes to cut corners. He wants to try to find ways to save money even if it means sacrificing quality of play, the product he is supposed to be producing. And that's what gets me so frustrated because, you know, the name of this podcast, Stupid Money, it's, it really, it's poking fun. It really is poking fun at what he said and how 
basically none of his actions other than the Bryce Harper signing follows up with that. Oh, for sure. And to be honest, I don't think that he's going to be able to, he's going to keep contact. There would just be such an outrage from the fan base. But to mm. put this in perspective, like I said earlier on the show, we have the second longest playoff drought in baseball, yet the Phillies fan base is still so passionate about their team, and they spend money to go to the games when we can, in years that we can go to games, and they spend money on merchandise. Like, the Phillies make a lot of money compared to some other MLB teams that have been more successful. So they have the money as a team and a franchise to go out and make these like decisions um, where they don't have to worry about pinching pennies. Um, and I do want to say one thing about the Phillies. Over this whole COVID outbreak, did it, they said that they were paying their employees for much longer than a lot of teams did. So I give them props there because they didn't have to do that. Um, and they definitely lost some money doing that, but that was the right thing to do. So I'll give them props there. But then again, like you, then you can't go and keep Matt Klintak just because you want to save a couple million dollars. Yeah, very true. But <sighs> the, the, rich, the rich people in this world are the greediest people in this world. So even though John Middleton has more money than we can even dream of, he doesn't want to let any of that go. Any of it. No unnecessary spending, which is, might be one of his reasons why these reports are coming out. Yep. Nothing good happens in Philadelphia. Nothing. Um, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. I feel like we'll definitely have more to talk about in the coming weeks um, when things start to shape up with the GM. Um, but, yeah, do you have anything else? No, that's about it. I think we covered a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's only so much we can talk about without just keep going over and over and over our unmitigated rage of disappointment that's inside our bowels right now, um, you know. Yeah, at some point, I mean, it's just the same complaints over and over again. But you know what? Until you fix a problem, that's what it's going to be. It's got to change. Um, will it change? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. So with that, that'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Stupid Money presented by the 610 Podcast Network. For CJ Donifrey and Billy Bruno, peace out.